Hello and welcome back to my podcast. I have been missing, MIA, missing in action for a while. Now it's um, it's almost coming to a year and I haven't recorded anything. And I just want to say I'm here. <laughs> I'm alive. I have so many drafts in my phone that I did record. But I just wasn't able to upload them because I said struggling with so much. So an update, a good update. Um, I had surgery at the beginning of this year. And so I'm void or rid. I got rid of the fibroids and a cyst that was there that was giving me such a hard time. So many of you know, last year, I, as I was recording this podcast, I talk, kept on talking about um, a hormonal imbalance that I had. And turned out I had a really huge cyst that was giving me a hard time. And then it started to sit on a few nerves. So every time I'd stand up, it would be painful. I'd walk, it would be painful. December 29th, 2020 is when they diagnosed the size of the cyst. And then they realized the fibroids were so many. There were about three that they were saying, but they were huge. Um, according to the scans, they were about 11 by 9, I think, or 10 by 9. And the doctor advised, he said, you know what, listen, we've been around, we've had this conversation, you stopped your, your hypomedication, um, you haven't, um, you haven't been doing anything for yourself, you know, I stopped doing anything, I was just riding or nothing by the way and so he just advised that I start to concentrate and 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 think about like all my options because and I say concentrate because normally people don't concentrate when they are thinking about anything that's happening in their lives say um you're dealing with an issue a health issue what you decide to do is push it at the back of your mind and then just totally ignore it. You block it. So you live in denial and you don't concentrate on like finding out what can help you, what you can do. So this living in denial is what something I was doing last year. Even as I was like recording the podcast, I'd only like start on my journey for two weeks and then stop it because I was like literally really, really tired. So that was um, it happening. But I'm so grateful that um, we had that conversation and um, I decided to to concentrate and and change everything. And after that, we, we sat down, had conversations about what my options were, what I should be doing. Um, Guys, I'm so sorry. My brother just came in to disrupt. Oh, goodness. Anyways, we sat down with the doctor on the 30th of December, 2020. We had, um, I sat down and looked at all my options. And the one option was, they all agreed. Okay, a few doctors might have, a few guys might have said, okay, you know what? You should just go in there knowing that in case we take out the uterus, that's okay. And I found these two amazing doctors in Kampala, in Uganda, yeah. And they were the best, literally the best I had ever had. They they told me, you know what, listen, we do see that there's a fibroid on your uterus. 
but we can just cut like a small piece of the, of the uterus off just to like you know we won't like chip a little bit off and then there's new technique um to save the uterus and all of that and that's when i realized having information like this positive information like this makes you more confident when you're going in for the surgeries because now you know what you're faced with now you know that okay these are my options and i and i know i sound selfish by saying having positive information like this but i was in such it's i was an autopilot that i did not think i was like you know what if i lose it i lose it because i had reached that point of accepting that if i lose it that's okay if i don't lose it then it's still okay as well but i was ready you know i was ready to to for any decision that was going to come um i think the positive reaction was more from my was well, the positive news from the doctors was more from my family than myself because i was like psh. i was like okay psh. this is what's going to happen if i lose it i have to learn to live without a uterus if i don't then i have to learn to live with that consequence or like you know the the, the good thing that has come out of the uh, surgery and I think that that helped me a lot just having my mind ready for anything was good um it also made sure that like it helped me make sure that the impact of the surgery was not as as tough as it was so yeah that was it um january had a little bit so the 31st by the way of december i spent it just thinking about my options and then um I, i'm not going to lie that i was strong Sometimes when we're creating this podcast, we want to give um, a few of the, of the people who listen like an impression that no, I was strong. I went through this well. You know, I didn't. I did not um, fret. I did not cry, guys. I cried from like the thirtieth, the thirty-first, uh, the first of January, second, the third. I was crying the whole time. I um, because I I was being given so much news and so much information, and then my body was just like. You know the, the the cyst was sitting on um my 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 nerve so i couldn't walk well and it was just a lot of stuff going on and so just being there and <laughs> having to process all of this alone now the, the the reason i say alone is i'm the kind of person who when i receive news i first keep it to myself process it and think about it and then after some time decide okay now it's time to share it with you know my family and so by the time I got to share it, I have processed everything. And it's it's not a good habit. I, I, I believe it's not a good habit for my family because I'd love to process and share it with me and help me through things. But that's my mechanism, you know? That's how I process things. That's how I work things out. So for me, it was just, you know, let me process this. Let me work it out. It's cool. So there were a lot of tears, a lot of tears. I think I cried more than I had ever cried in in twenty twenty. Yeah, I cried so much. Have you guys ever cried so much that your pillows get wet? And I don't even sleep on pillows, so I had to cry onto pillows so that the bed, the mattress itself, doesn't get wet. And I'd wake up with red eyes every day, and I I am a binge eater. So when I'm stressed out, when I have so much going on, I start. I tend to eat. And I would go to Java House every day and order bagger and a milkshake. My favorite milkshake, salted caramel, salted caramel milkshake with a shot of espresso and just like sit there. And there's a day I think I went there, I had a bagger and on the fast after like um, one of the doctors said, okay, you know what, 
we should have a scan see this and it was bulging the fibroid was bulging guys it looked like i was pregnant i went there i had a burger sat for like 30 minutes had a sandwich with another milkshake and then looked at my finances and said listen i need to save this money for the surgery i shouldn't be eating but um i think that's the way i was understanding that's the way i was dealing with my pain that's the way i was dealing with everything that was happening all the news that i was getting so fast forward january i got some issues complications i saw me in the hospital it was based off my clumsiness just so you know and then feb is when i went for the surgery now this surgery was so interesting first of all i know you guys are going to say this girl is weird for saying it was very interesting so in the morning i, I went without my scan so 5 a.m i think 5 a.m they woke me up to ask me to shower i was sleepy so i had told the nurse that i wasn't going to shower and he said so you're going to go for the surgery without showering and i was like oh crap 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 i need to shower so i went showered came back in um so before they put it they, they gave me the ivs um the fluids and before they put in the catheter he asked me like where are the scans and i said i had none so he told me okay fine you have to get scans so they pushed they had to push my skin my surgery and then they had to like up people's surgeries because there was a free or that happened <laughs> so my sister and i had to run down um wine mango hospital so we had to run down get um get what's it called get a scan that took about one and a half hours because there was the line waiting with the first people you know and then we went back at about 7 38 so we had gone that six 7 38 finally i give them the scans they're like okay because they pushed all the surgeries they have to just wait and you could either do it today or you know just wait for like an open window I felt bad, but I hadn't eaten, so you can imagine. Now, to do the scan, they accepted me to, like, they let me drink water. So I was like, okay, fine, at least. And then after the, after the scan, they said, hey, you can't drink any more water right now because we don't want you, you know, eating before um, surgery. So I had to be hungry, guys. I was hungry. Uh, 11 a.m. came in, and that's when they came to put in the catheter. Now, the that was the most traumatic experience I had because my body wasn't ready for that shit oh my god my goodness i was like it was trauma to my bladder and my doctor friend said yeah you know inserting a catheter is actually trauma to the bladder but there's like no easier way to do it i was like man how do they do it for men because if this is how painful and traumatic it is for women yeah i feel sorry for men anyway they put it in and then um they hadn't put enough liquid to bulge it up so from from about 11 to 2 before my surgery there was like every time i pee my 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 urethra was lubricating itself was trying to lubricate itself to push the tube out so it was very painful and i i like wet my whole bed i wet my whole gown and I kept on telling the nurse, like I kept on telling my sister, go tell the nurse and my sister would like say, oh, you're just crying, you're just scared, you're panicking. No, normally I panic. So um, I don't know, every time I'm doing this podcast, I get a lot of saliva in my mouth. <laughs> so I have to keep swallowing. I'm so sorry. So anyways, um, she, they didn't do it till like 1.30 when they came to pick me up and the, the nurse realizes, oh crap, you know, she was actually in pain. I was like, yeah, I said it. I told my sister, I've come tell you so many times, um, which I don't, I don't blame them. Sometimes you have patients who like have super, superficial pain, but 
I think they should have checked, which is something like, you know, I'm experiencing pain and it's not anything like I'm peeing. It was so traumatic that every time I'd pee, my body would shake and I'd be in so much pain. And they, they, they would say, no, you know, you're not used to it. You know, just, just wait, calm down. But anyways, um, they did change it. They changed my clothes. So I went into surgery with new clothes, clean clothes. Pray for me, um, rolled me into the room. Rolled me into the room when I was tired and I had blood and uh, I panicked. I saw white, I said, panicking, I cried. I think I had a panic attack for like five uh, minutes after which I calmed down. Now, before the surgery, like people had told me, oh, that um, the, 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 what's it called? The, um, the, 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 the injection, I've just forgotten it. It's like that E, oh, that injection in the back. Ugh. You guys, I've just forgotten it. Uh, let me just Google real quick because how can I forget the 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 the, the what the anesthesia put into my back? You know, so let me put <laughs> injection in the back. Injection in the back. Anyways, while we continue with this in the back, I'm sorry. I'm those kinds of people that want back for in the back. Epidural. Can I can you believe I forgot? Anyways, the epidural. So many people have told me, oh, the epidurals are so painful. It's just like super painful. But coming into the surgery, I had reminded myself, like, Martha, you're scared of needles. So anytime they tell you they're going to like use a needle, close your eyes, breathe. Breathe in, like breathe. So even putting the IVs wasn't painful for me. Although I did tell them I think it was blocked and they realized it like it didn't get blocked till like the next day but putting in the needles was not painful for me and the epidural was not painful because i was breathing like they just told me breathe i bent breathe i was breathing slow i was going to say breathe i was breathing shot was done wow great done we say the surgery and i kept on telling now this was my version of events i kept on saying oh you know the surgery was there i i i because you're like the, your, your brain like you lose all form of consciousness so like your brain has no walls and you just start start talking anything i did tell the doctors enough which was so embarrassing and i kept on reminding them how i like painted my nails for them and i asked them if they loved them which was so weird it was such a funny um thing while I was there I could remember because my brain I felt like I was out standing outside of my body saying Martha what are you talking about like shut up shut up they don't need to listen but um the histologist kept on like making me talk and now my version of events is I after that I I I I, I said because they kept on injecting me with something on one hand. I had an IV on one hand alone. So I, I told uh, my siblings, um, I felt sleepy. I must have been super sleepy because I slept off. Now, I didn't sleep. I crashed. By crashing means, they because the vibrates form their own veins. Um, they, they, the, when they are having the surgery, sometimes they can clip them. If they're too, t if they're complicated surgeries, other times they don't clip them. So most times when they clip them, you have between less than five minutes to bleed out before you don't die. Trust me. Before, and I did research in it. So before you lose this, so there's an amount, a certain amount of blood that's supposed to be in your brain, and if it goes below, then the oxygen levels also drop, and um, 
when they start dropping your heart starts to expand so that it can be able to push enough blood to the brain because the brain is telling it i don't have enough blood and within that then you can easily slip into a coma and those are the comas where you hear people have been sleeping for like five years 30 something years you know so doctors oh my god doctors are so amazing how they do this they literally work they have to rush against the clock to make sure they clip the vein within, they find the bleeding, clip it, and keep pumping you with like liquids. So I crashed enough times, but now I don't remember because all I remember was I said, I, I, I remember dreaming that I was in a white room, but I was just cautious while going in and out of cautiousness because by the time I woke up, I had oxygen on me. I had like an IV for blood and then an IV for, for like fluids. And, and and like I had been in a room with three other women who had the same surgery, but nothing happened to them because it was like, you know, good. That was all successful. And so my sister is looking at me thinking, what? You all, like, why would you come up like this much stuff? And the doctor noticed they were scared. So he said, no, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow when she wakes up. Um, But I just wanted to say all of this, all that happened, guys, imagine I had incredible doctors who clipped and made sure that the surgery was, was successful because they removed each and every fibroid. They did not stop. They made sure they controlled the damage and then continued to remove the fibroids. And I think that was the most amazing thing for me. They expected it. They went in there and they had already created the, the possible scenarios that would happen. So they already knew what was going to happen. They knew that someone was fiber is this big needs blood transfusion so they knew what was going to happen you know and and i'm so grateful that i had such an amazing team because they kept on coming and checking on me <laughs> uh, my mom was worried she saw me come out and she was wondering like why does she have like oxygen on her um why is she swollen and they told her no the blood you're like you know after during a blood transfusion your body first rejects it you know because they my doctor friend was explaining so much like you know i think the white blood cells or, or the red blood cells something have to like fight you know it's just like fused into you <laughs> so it was just a whole weird thing but um I such I had such an amazing team. It was uh, Dr. Kaduyu and Dr. Sanyu from Mango. They were so amazing and they looked after me so well. Anyways, I went back. I I woke up. I kept on waking up at night in intervals. I couldn't feed me because my my whole um now basically my whole because of the surgery, your body's been passed through so much trauma that they don't they have to let it settle and then when they start to feed you, feed you start with like warm fluids and stuff and soft foods before you transition into harder foods you know and um i understood that because surgery you know my friend said surgery is traumatic to the body it's trauma to the body and so before going in i knew that and coming out i think that's what helped me heal better um my time's almost running out so <laughs> i need to wrap up before the story um why am I saying all of this? I don't want to hide anything from you guys. Just so you know, the next day standing up was super hard. It was hard for me to just even like move, but I had to move because they reminded me you have to walk. I did not have energy. The whole, the first two weeks of the healing process was so hard that, um, you know, my, my mental health had taken a dip in towards the end of 2020. 
actually I think from like September or December or no September or October and then the surgery made like took took a toll on me so I was really struggling with um just um you know all my thoughts my the mind was a battlefield and I at one point I was like I wish I had never done this surgery because <laughs> it was so stupid but I think just getting to this point where I have not had any pain during my periods has made me realize that it was worth it. Just getting to this point where I don't have, I can lie down flat on my back, on my bed, something I could never do with my legs down, like flat on the ground. Something I had not been able to do comfortably for two years. These are the joys that come out of surgery. I mean, yes, I'm slowly getting back to where I was, you know, physically, because I love to work out. Mentally, I've, I, 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 I accepted that I had an issue. I accepted that I was getting depressed. Not like I accepted, but I reached that point and I was like, fuck, I need to get help. But I accepted those things and the journey became easier. So, So why I'm sharing this is to let you guys know that Whatever decision you take, whatever decision you take, if you decide not to have surgery and even just go on a hubble journey, you have to be consistent, one. <laughs> That's the truth. But you need to be ready to have obstacles that will come in. You need to be ready to have crash sessions where you have to be pumped with blood. You need to be ready to have traumatic experience happen to your body. You need to be ready to have... um low moments but even when you have them you need to know that you can you you can rise up you definitely can rise up that's that's been my biggest thing just knowing that i've gotten to this point july july 12th is going to be five months since i had surgery and it's taken a while you know i had given up on this podcast i had given up on everything because I just did not want one before the surgery. I was, I was low and I did not want to think about the fibroids. Then after the surgery, I was struggling, but just getting to this point, I, sometimes I look at my body and I'm like, okay, I love what's here, but being not, not being able to do planks is painful, but I've reached this point where I have periods and it just, I, I'm just seated and I see a blood flow. I don't, go through pain is what I'm so grateful for. You can have this healing. I don't know. I'm not going to come here on the next episodes and tell you, oh, you should have surgery, or you should have Hubble, or you should do this. All I'm going to say is that whatever decision you make should be for your own health, should be for your own good, should be able to like help you because I've seen where it helped me. I've seen how far it's helped me. And I've seen how far it I've come with this journey, you know, just like having so many lows and highs and lows and highs. And I'm I'm not giving up um, on, on like anything. I'm just going to be healthy. I'm going to eat healthier. But I'm happy that I did take that decision. I'm happy that I healed. I'm happy that um, I was able to get to this place. I, I was so down, by the way, that... Anyone who even offered, like I had people I reached out to, hey, can we do put the, put the podcast together? But I was just not in the mental space to do anything. And it, it was hard. It was tough. So I'm just happy that I've gotten to the mental space to do something, to heal. And that, um, you know, it's it's helping me. 
it's helping me so much so yeah i wanted to share that update so yep i did have surgery yep i now have painless periods and yes i'm still going to continue doing this podcast because I think the thing that helped me out the most was that I was talking about it. I know there were so many women out there who were talking about it. And we are going to talk about how I, I, I talked about, I think I gave hints a bit about how it would affect my sex life and all those things. I did give hints. And if I did not talk about it, I would have been worse off mentally than where I was. That's just the truth because I, I, I sort of know myself. So, um, I won't give up on this podcast and um, just hit me up and let me know if you have any messages that you need to like ask me um, about the whole journey, where we've been, what's going on next. I'm going to record something else next week and just drop it on here. But I'm so happy I've shared what has happened so far. Um, Yeah. So let me know. Hit me up. Um, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. It means a lot. And I hope that we all find healing like I did. And we all have um, find grace and strength to go through what we're going through. So, yeah, have a great, great time and um, a great weekend. I recorded this during the weekend. So, bye.